You are Locked On Ravens, your daily podcast on the Baltimore Ravens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers, joined today by Matthew and Jacob from Locked On Ravens. Guys, how are you doing this evening? Uh, doing fantastic on my end. Good, as always, to do the crossover episodes, man. Yeah, so today was also, in addition to being our crossover episode, today was or yesterday was also the trade deadline in the NFL. And while the Steelers were kind of quiet in, during this, this trade period, the Baltimore Ravens were not trading for Ty Montgomery, a running back slash kick returner, I guess, although hopefully the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to use him at kick return. How, how are you guys taking to the trade for Ty Montgomery? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and start on this one, Jacob. <laughs> well, I, I think more than anything, I, I mean, it's confusing that they would go out and get a fourth running back. Cause now uh, what Matthew and I were talking about uh, last week was Ravens have three quarterbacks, four tight ends, and now four running backs uh, on the roster. And there's a lot of uh, other things that, you know, I think we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later and what's changed with this team since that Steelers game. But um, you know, now you have all this depth on offense, which is fine. Um, but you know, now who, who's the lead guy in the backfield? I'm assuming it's still going to be Alex Collins, but Collins hasn't been getting uh, a lot of carries and, um, you know, he's only gotten over 15 carries twice so far this season. So, um, you know, whether Ty Montgomery is used in special teams or maybe he's just used as, uh, an upgrade over Buck Allen is, it's very unclear how, they're going to use him. So it was a confusing trade for me, but they got him for almost nothing, a 2027th round pick. Um, so a low risk move here for Baltimore. That seems like uh, they, they are still trying to figure out their offense, uh, at least running the ball. So Matthew is, do you think time Montgomery, is he going to be brought in? I, certainly he can't be brought in to start at running back over Alex Collins, but is this just another playmaker in the offense? Could this be a running back by committee that they're, that the, the Ravens are going through? Well, I mean, Baltimore was already kind of uh, publicly admitting to the fact that they were a running back by committee team. And, and in reality, they were a whoever has legs and can run the football by committee team. Uh, they, they've been pretty happy to go ahead and run uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Joe Flacco total all for the season. They have 42 rushing attempts to Alex Collins, 98. So, uh, you know, not not all that far off, and they've handed the ball off to like twelve different guys this season. Wow. Uh, so Baltimore's really kind of again, if you've got legs and can run the football, you're getting handed the football at some point this year. Uh, so for for signing Ty Montgomery or trading for Ty Montgomery, uh, you know, we talked a little about this before we actually started recording. It almost feels like a chess piece, a guy that kind of what they're doing with Lamar Jackson where you're going to toss him in there on a few plays every game, try to make a mismatch out of wherever he's at, uh, maybe get him to come out of the backfield, do something like that. Uh, but he's not going to take over for Alex Collins. I don't see why you would. Uh, they're pretty. They're averaging right around the same yards per carry right now. They both have fumble issues. Uh, you know, Baltimore's offensive line's really the the headache right now for this team uh, in the run game. So adding Ty Montgomery is great in theory, but does really nothing for you uh, in terms of revamping this this run game. So, uh, yeah, I think it was just a right player, right price, uh, and, and you hope that he turns out into something cool. 
So it sounds like this was certainly not an expected trade. This one kind of came out of the blue for you guys. Was there a position or a player or someone that you were targeting during this trade deadline? Or did it seem like the Ravens might even stay quiet during this this trade period? Yeah, Baltimore does not make trades midseason. I mean, this is a, a really rare thing. Uh, the Ravens hold on to their draft picks like like nobody's business. Um, that, that's been kind of a, a negative for them in the past. So for them to go ahead and make this move, well, I mean, that was kind of surprising. And, and obviously a seventh-round pick in 2020, you go, okay, I mean, you really didn't trade anything away, so that's that's yeah. fair. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is not a, a common occurrence for Baltimore by any stretch of the imagination. And they weren't really linked to anyone outside of just fan speculation and analyst speculation that LaShawn McCoy might be an option uh, simply because Buffalo sucks and he's 30 years yeah. old. And it makes it just makes sense. But uh, they weren't linked to anyone before this came out of nowhere. Interesting. So, I mean, on, on the Steelers side, you know, the Steelers also did not – well, the Steelers did not make a move today, unlike the Baltimore Ravens. But – uh, they were certainly linked to a lot of different players, whether it be Patrick Peterson back when that whole trade rumor was happening and, and maybe he was going to get moved. That didn't happen. He stayed with the Arizona Cardinals. The Steelers were also linked to cornerback Gary and Conley from the Oakland Raiders, although you know no cornerback traded today. So I know a lot of Steelers fans are very disappointed that the Steelers were not able to bring in a corner to upgrade over a guy like Artie Burns or pretty much at this point it's Cody Sensabaugh's position to lose. And so... Uh, there was a lot of hope that there was, you know, you could bring in Gary and Conley. You could even bring in Janoris Jenkins, who they had been linked to as well. I, I will just speak for myself here in saying I'm glad the Steelers did not get Janoris Jenkins, even though that was the the tight link there was between the Steelers and Jenkins. $14 million a season for a guy who is pretty much average at best at, at this point in his career. And again, it's not just about this team trying to upgrade for 2018. There, there are real implications salary cap-wise for bringing in a guy like Jenkins in 2019 and even 2020. And so um, while, yes, that may, while Jenkins may be a short-term upgrade over Cody Sensible, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a, are a Janoris Jenkins away from, from being a Super Bowl contender. And, <laughs> and, and certainly you look, you look ahead at what that would have done to the salary cap in 2019 and beyond. And uh, just, I'm glad the Steelers didn't go in that direction. There was also talk in Pittsburgh about potentially bringing in another wide receiver, the last time we talked, guys, it was you know there was it was still about James Washington, the young receiver on the outside. He has since been benched, uh, and so the Steelers are were potentially looking at wide receiver. Golden Tate got traded, Demarius Thomas got traded. Those guys were not necessarily linked to the Steelers, but certainly fans were out there hammering for the Steelers to bring one of those guys in. That didn't happen. The other guy that I thought might be interesting was Deshaun Jackson. He did fill he would have filled the biggest need the Steelers have offensively, which is a true deep threat. That didn't happen as well. Uh, so the Steelers stay quiet on this uh, on this trade deadline day. They also stayed quiet on the Le'Veon Bell front. Le'Veon Bell did not show up as expected, and so he did not get traded. Now that the clock starts ticking on, will Le'Veon Bell even show up this season? We were talking about this before the before the podcast, uh, before we started recording. Um, I, I I really think at this point, I think there's a real chance Le'Veon Bell never shows up in 2018, and that and that would start the clock on you know will the Steelers franchise tag him again going into next year, but um, but it seems like no end in sight still for this whole Le'Veon Bell situation. I got to I gotta mention this with the, the wide receiver situation. Can, can you guys stop? You guys are killing me here. Uh, <laughs> at, at this point, you know, I would take James Washington to start on this team uh, compared on to, the to what they've got. Uh, you know what? Baltimore is just uh, – John Brown well, is doing a the great job. 3,000 right? times a game, so they might as well <laughs> – like get you know they might as well just line up in a five receiver set all game and I mean 
basic. I mean, really, that's I mean, if you just look at and obviously that's how they think they're going to win games is is by, um, you know, depending on their 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 receivers and wide receivers and tight ends they have. And now they get a kind of more of a, a running back that used to be a wide receiver. So, I mean, <laughs> this is clearly <laughs> true. kind of, uh, you know, the theme that I guess we're going to have to follow here is can the Ravens win this way down the stretch here against some some good AFC teams. I, I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. It'll be interesting to see if they can match up against them. But you yeah, guys see James Washington. Oh, go go ahead, Matt. You guys are killing with wide receivers. You're drafting wide receivers left and right. Like you don't already have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith. Come on, man. Leave leave one for the AFC North that isn't Cincinnati. <laughs> well, it's interesting because leaving Antonio Brown hasn't been himself this year. Right? I mean, he hasn't had. Antonio Brown esque performances yet? He had he's had moments here and there, certainly in these these last couple games, but he hasn't really been Antonio Brown yet, and so that has left a bit. I wouldn't say it's a hole in the offense, but it, it certainly left some things to be desired at the wide receiver position. And you know, having James Washington at, at the outside receiver, he's caught five balls this balls this year. He's been basically non-existent in the offense, and that's why they've turned to Justin Hunter. And Justin Hunter has been a guy, you know, he looks great in practice, looks great in training camp, just never shows up during the games and. And you guys are right. The Steeler Steeler fans are, you know, we we are uh, we love our, ourselves some wide receivers, and we're probably uh, we're probably getting a little greedy here and trying to you know to hoping that this team would bring in a Golden Tate or bring in a Deshaun Jackson or bring in. You know, I keep saying this on Locked On Steelers, but there's only one football, right? And so when you have an offense yeah. with James Conner and Juju and Antonio Brown and Vance McDonald, and then you want to add in Deshaun Jackson, right? Uh, wide receivers are selfish people by nature, and and so you bring in a guy like that who, you know, wants the ball every down. He's just not going to get it. You, you, you worry about messing with, well, I don't want to say messing with the Juju because we have a player named Juju now, but you mess with the mojo, I should <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. Uh, in that way. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad the Steelers didn't bring in a wide receiver. I think this team can ride with, with the guys that they have, certainly, uh, whether it's James Washington getting better or uh, Justin Hunter at the outside receivers. But I, I still don't think we've seen the best of Antonio Brown just yet. Uh, look, all right, the trade deadline's already over, but I'm going to toss this quick trade out for you. Jimmy Smith okay. for Antonio Brown. Since he's not having a good season, you know, I'll, I'll just throw that out there as a potential. Okay. You, want, um, you want Jimmy? <laughs> I no. Want, yeah. no, you Listen, don't. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you had me there for a second, where I'm thinking, you know what? I mean, this team is a good corner away, but giving away Antonio Brown probably too much. Uh, I think there are some Steeler fans. Listen, if you go on my Twitter <laughs> timeline, you you know there are some Steeler fans who are dying for any cornerback right now. They would give anything away to get any cornerback. You know the amount the amount of Steeler fans I had today tweeting me about bringing in Janoris Jenkins. This team has to bring in Janoris Jenkins. We cannot have an, We cannot see another snap of Cody Sensabaugh outside corner. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of Steeler fans who would love any corner for. Uh, maybe AB's a little too. I mean, it's a little too much. All right, guys. Before we continue, I want to let you guys know about my bookie. You know, just as important as who you're betting on is who you're betting with. And that's why this season, MyBookie is your best bet. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. I've been using them all year. I do my three-team teasers every week. This week, I got another three-team teaser. Carolina Panthers minus one. They're playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are going back to Fitzmagic. I'm not buying, in the, I'm not buying into the resurgence just yet of Fitzmagic. We got the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Cleveland Browns. Vegas can't make this line high enough for me to stay away right now with the Chiefs playing against the Cleveland Browns, even with Greg Williams now as the interim head coach. I think that organization is still in disarray. And then you got the Cleveland Browns, or excuse me, the Chicago Bears, minus three and a half against the Buffalo Bills. And again, 
The way the Buffalo Bills are playing football right now, you cannot make that line high enough. So I got uh, Panthers minus one, Chiefs minus three and a half, Bears minus three and a half. That is my three-team teaser of the week. If you want to join my bookie, they have in-game live betting. They have over-unders for fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code Locked On. And if you wait until after 7 p.m., they'll give you an additional $25 of free play if you use the promo code Locked On 25. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys. And then let's, you know, since. Since these two teams played, and again, it hasn't been that long, right? We're basically a month out from the last time these two teams played. By the way, what did you guys think about that when the schedule came out? The fact that the Steelers and Ravens would play both of their games really, you know, before week eight or right at midseason. A lot, I think a lot of fans felt like this kind of not ruins the rivalry, but it, it makes it less interesting. These are two teams that are usually fighting for the division title. And now, you know, the, the series is going to be decided by midseason. Yeah, it was kind of a weird one in terms of the scheduling for that stuff. Because yeah, it's this is such a late uh, season football team for both sides. You know, hard running, hard hitting. This is perfect playoff football in in the December November area. Uh, not yeah. so much in in early November, you know, and and September. So a little odd, but uh, in a way, it's kind of nice to just get these games out of the way earlier on. Uh, you know, roughly in the first half of the season and just let you kind of chug through the rest of the season. But, you know, as we're seeing now, Baltimore's four and four, uh, maybe maybe not nearly as great as as one would have thought of. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot has changed for these two teams. Again, they've all, they played basically a month ago, but so much has changed in the last couple of weeks. Let's start with what's changed for the Baltimore Ravens. The last time the Steelers and Ravens played, the, the Ravens were kind of flying high. They they beat the Steelers in, in pretty much convincing fashion. Certainly the second half of that football game, shutting out the Steelers and, and putting that game away in the fourth quarter. Uh, the, the Ravens were flying high at that point. It felt like they were among the best defenses in the league. Offensively, they have John Brown now as an emerging playmaker. Uh, Joe Flacco, you know, resurgent. And and again, it's it felt like this team was going to be a real contender in the AFC North. And now here we are about a month later. And the Baltimore Ravens have lost a couple in a row now. They're they're down to four and four. If they lose this football game, they're down to four and five. What's what's changed for this football team over the past month? I think really just going back to uh, you know that that Pittsburgh game, Baltimore had, they turned the ball over twice in that game, but since then they've only turned the ball over twice. Uh, or forced two turnovers, sorry. Um, forced two turnovers in that game and now forced two since that in the four games. So, you know, this is a defense that led the league in turnovers last year and they brought all 11 guys back. And, um, you know, I think a reason for uh, that that lack of turnovers now is is a little bit of uh, some concern in the pass rush. They've done some good things in terms of limiting uh, some of these quick tempo offenses that get rid of the ball quickly and then, batted the ball down some a few you know, a few times but um the bottom line it feels like now is they really need to get home and get to the quarterback because uh, if they don't do that soon then you're going to see some of these teams like you know Pittsburgh you know I know Oakland's not very good but they still have um you know some we- some weapons to throw to there at the tight end position as well you got Atlanta coming up Kansas City coming up Tampa Bay so you know they have some some offenses here that you know if you're not going to get to the quarterback and pressure them um, then it, you're going to have some problems and, and 
that's what they've done historically, not only this season, but in the past as well. They've found success uh, in turning the ball over when they get pressure on the quarterback. And that's uh, a a large part of what Terrell Suggs and Matthew Judon need to do. And I think we're going to try to see, uh, we we might see Baltimore try to get more creative. We had someone tweet us last week and ask, you know, how can they get more pressure with these four man rushes? Cause uh, they've had some creative uh, blitzing schemes they've used this season, but you know, at some point you need to get home with four guys and that hasn't happened a lot this year. And, um, you know, I think maybe you can try some different things with, with stunts and running uh, Judon and, and Suggs inside and out. Um, but, you know, really it's just, it comes down to that type of thing comes down to the matchups, the one-on-one matchups and um, how quickly some of those guys can get off the line. So um, I, I think that to me defensively has been the biggest thing. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the, the Baltimore throwing the ball as much as they have. Alex Collins, I, you know, I said 15 carries earlier. He's actually only had two games of, of more than 12 carries this season. So uh, they have definitely relied on their pass catchers, their tight ends. We haven't seen a ton of Hayden Hurst yet since he came back from that injury. Um, so this will be, I believe this will be his first time playing because he wasn't in that Steelers game the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, maybe if they can get some more production out of the tight end position, then I think that this offense throwing the ball more often, you know, maybe 60, 40, I think that's a little more viable when you can get both your tight ends, uh, Hurst and Andrews involved. So I think those are probably the two biggest things I'm looking for moving forward because they need to improve in those areas. They have not been good in those areas since the Steelers game. Yeah. I, I'll, I wanna, oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. I was just going to ask, you know, one of the things that impressed me about the Ravens in that first meeting, obviously we, we knew the Ravens defense was going to be good. And, and you know, the Ravens defense against a Steeler offense has usually been very good. Uh, but one of the things that impressed me in, in that first meeting between these two teams was the fact that the Ravens were able to exploit all the miscommunication and stuff we talked about last time in the Steeler defense. And they were able to go deep and beat this team down the field, big plays in the first half. But then when the Steelers went into that kind of, too deep shell and you know you're not going to beat us deep anymore and you're you're going to have to put together methodical drives the ravens did just that and they kind of they kind of shifted game plan in the second half and said okay if you want us to go on 11 12 play drives we'll do just that and they kind of methodically moved their way down the field in the second half didn't score touchdowns but still you know that was a game that the steeler defense just couldn't get off the field and and it was death by a thousand cuts in the second half felt like that was again a, an offense that could make some things happen I, I guess you, from what from what I'm hearing from you guys, offensively things have have gone in the, in the, in the wrong direction as well. I, I mean, I think largely things have stayed the exact same, which has kind of been the issue. Is as the season wears on, defenses, defensive coordinators start going, okay, these are what these guys are doing. Uh, and and when we first talked, this was a pick your poison style of offense where, okay, fine. You're going to double team John Brown. I'll put it down to, to Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree. Now, when you have 22 drops on the season, that largely isn't going to work any longer. Uh, and that's been a large issue for this team is they are throwing it. Uh, but again, they have 22 drops through eight games last season. They had 26 drops all season long, and they completely gutted the wide receiver course because they were tired of them dropping passes. So that right there tells you how effective the entire pass game's being. Uh, but then, in turn, we're, we're kind of seeing if you're not going to run the football and you're not even going to attempt to run the football, like Jacob was kind of mentioning, 
teams are just not going to to stay honest. They're going to start putting more guys in the secondary. They're going to start pinning their ears back, and, and that's what's happened. And when you force Joe Flacco into passes, uh, when he has to play from behind, or he feels like he has to kind of do everything, and again, that's what happens when the offensive line isn't doing well and when you're seeing a bunch of drops, the pressure gets put on him, and he starts forcing passes into just weird areas. When he's calm, cool, and relaxed, that's when you see him start picking people apart and, and start really being able to march down the field. That's kind of been the this, this second half of this first half. Uh, it ha- has been just Flacco kind of trying to put too much on his shoulders because Baltimore's just not really running the ball at all. Uh, they are doing, like, it's, it's a 63-37 split in terms of pass percentage to run percentage, uh, which is a weird ratio for this Baltimore Ravens team to happen overnight. Uh, Defensively, one thing that I kind of looked at today was Baltimore has, uh, of their four losses, defensively, they have been to quarterbacks ranked 19th or higher, according to Pro Football Focus. All four of their wins have come against quarterbacks less. Uh, And Marcus Mariota is ranked 21st, according to to pro football focus. Ben Roethlisberger is 27th right now. Baltimore's just not done a good job against good quarterbacks. Uh, And and as much as we want to talk about how great the secondary is and and how great this defense can be, Jacob kind of mentioned it, if you're not generating pressure, uh, at least with your your normal pass rushers, you have to blitz, which then starts pulling guys out of the secondary in order to try to do it. A good quarterback's going to see that blitz coming from a mile away, and they're going to be able to get rid of the football a lot quicker. They've been kind of getting picked apart. It happened last week. It happened against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, And and I'll be honest, you know, Pittsburgh has the type of offense to do exactly that this time. Uh, that, well, that, that will, we shall see. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Again, <laughs> I think a lot of us were hoping, a lot of Steeler fans were hoping that the first time around and uh, not, not so fast, not so fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Joe Flacco, right? You, you, you look back at when Joe Flacco, I look back at when Joe Flacco has been at his most successful, right? It was when he was able to get the ball uh, out of the backfield to like, to Ray Rice, you know, little, little dump offs here and yards after catch and the same thing. With the, with Todd Heap and some of the big tight ends they've had, you know the 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 Ravens went out and got two tight ends in the draft, and, and like you said, they rebuilt their entire wide receiver core around that. Did they did they did they build that around his strengths? So, I mean, do, do you feel like this team is needs maybe a Ty Montgomery can be someone who can be more of a release out of the backfield check down guy for Joe Flacco? Where again, I feel like he is at his strongest. Uh so yes and no is the answer. Ty Montgomery can do that. But realistically, they already had one of the better guys in the league in Javorius Allen, a guy that no one really pays attention to from a name standpoint, but uh, was able to kind of put up a a decent number of yards uh, and and kind of be that third down receiving back out of the backfield type of guy. So, I mean, they they filled a void they kind of already had filled, which was a little weird. Um, As far as when they remade the offense, I, I, I think... So Baltimore did two different things in, in this regard. They added some talent. Um, you, you hope is maybe a little bit more shorthanded or is a little bit more consistent. They've been more consistent than the guys in the past, but that's still not saying a whole lot. Um, but what they more importantly did is they kind of gave Joe Flacco a little bit more talent to go, hey, can you do this? Can, if we give you a little bit more talent around you, can you elevate your game? If not, that's fine. We can cut all of these guys next year. 
it's not really going to hurt us cap-wise too much uh, if we get rid of Michael Crabtree, if we don't re-sign John Brown, and if we let Willie Sneed go, and we can just kind of reboot. Uh, if it does work, hey, we'll invest maybe a little bit more money in that next year and we'll try to go ahead and do something. So it kind of almost feels like they set Joe Flacco up as a, a, a test to see exactly uh, how how important it was to, to maybe invest in him in the next year or two before uh, Lamar Jackson fully kind of gets involved. But it, it, it very much feels, feels half-assed, if I'm being honest. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, things have changed in Pittsburgh as well. This team, when they played the Ravens the last time, it really felt like that was a nail in the coffin for this team after getting embarrassed by the the Kansas City Chiefs and then uh, nearly losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after being up 30 uh, 30 to, what was it, 30 to 10, 30 to 7 at halftime, uh, and then nearly losing that game at the end and playing the Baltimore Ravens at home and kind of getting embarrassed in that game, not not able to get anything out out of that game in the second half. Uh, one, two, and one, and the Steelers from that point really felt like it was it was season over. And the biggest change for this team, and the reason why they've well, there's two big reasons why this team has gone on a three game winning streak, and it is uh, the two reasons are James and Connor. Uh, he has been unbelievable these these last three weeks, and yeah, there was questions certainly going into that Baltimore game the last time about whether or not James Connor was up to the task in that game. Now you watch what James Connor's done against Atlanta, what he did against Cincinnati, and especially what he did against the Cleveland Browns. And I think the question is still going to be asked, right? How is James Conner going to do in this football game? Le'Veon Bell uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. While he didn't always have great rushing performances, he always had big plays, big moments. And it's something we talked about the last time we did this podcast. You know, the difference in these games is usually some big play, some big moment that decides it at the end of the football game. I'm looking for a big game from James Conner in this one. He has been a a, a totally different player over the last month. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, again, going back to the running game, I, I'm 100% with Matthew on, um, you know, his his kind of thoughts on whether the trade was necessary and, and just kind of looking at both the team's uh, running backs utilization. And yeah, I, th- I think if the Steelers come out and are able to run the ball early, I mean, we already know that, that Baltimore, obviously their game plan moving forward seems like it's going to be to move the ball through the air a lot. And um Pittsburgh throughout the years too. I mean, when you've seen uh, Roethlisberger have a running game against Baltimore, um, I don't have the exact win loss ratio in front of me here, uh, but uh, he's played a lot better and the Steelers have won a lot more games when they have that, that, uh, that dual threat, because it's just not something that you often see teams, um, you know, able to find success uh, against with Baltimore and with Baltimore, Baltimore not being able to turn the ball over and force as many interceptions lately. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't need to run the ball, but if you do, I mean, certainly, you know, Baltimore is not forcing too many interceptions right now or, or turnovers at all. So, um, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the more uh, safer predictions I think in this game is that the team or the offense that is able to do uh, two different things is, is going to, definitely put their team in a better position to win. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it'll necessarily come down to, uh, you know, I don't think we'll have any more Justin Tucker misses or, you know, random uh, special teams plays to decide this one. But, um, you know, th- that always, you know, seems like it factors in sometimes. But I, I think this is just going to come down to which offense is more diverse and how they're able to attack. 
Yeah, oh, oh, it's, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. It's either going to be which which offense can kind of be balanced offensively and, and therefore put together those kind of sustained drives that I talked about with the Ravens in the second half of the first meeting, or you know, you go back to the first half. I mean, that was a that was a first half that was really dictated by big play after big play. Whether it was the Ravens early on, the Steelers found some life in the second quarter of that football game. And then, you know, they, they quieted up in the second half. But if, you know, whichever side can kind of find those big plays, the big splash plays that can open this game up. Otherwise, I, I agree. I mean, this is going to be a game one in the trenches. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't do well in these football games when he has to, when it's, you know, it's all on his shoulders. And especially on the road in Baltimore, uh, it, it, you know, it, Ben Roethlisberger may fix some of the turnover problems in this game if, if it's going to all be on his shoulders. He's got a broken he's got a broken finger. Now it's in his non-throwing hand, so it shouldn't be a problem. But uh, it, regardless, Ben Roethlisberger's injuries are – he likes to play him up a little bit. So we'll see how he does in, in, in this football game uh, as far as that goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th this team – I agree. This is all going to be about con – get Connor going so that it doesn't have to be all about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And then I think on the other side, I mean, you, you talk about the, the Ravens, right? Um, and you guys talked about the kind of the, the run pass balance there. The Steelers, one of the things that's been most impressive about the Steelers defensively, and, and this was a this was a dumpster fire of a defense early in early in the season, and they've gotten better week over week. And I know there's still a panic in Pittsburgh about that outside corner position, as I talked about. But the defensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers has some talent. It's really the only position on defense where you can look across the line and say those are three quality players in Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward, and, and Javon Hargrave. They haven't played up to that throughout the year they have been better though these last three weeks and so i think if they can start getting interior pressure on joe flacco and, and you can use that interior pressure to bring guys free like they've been doing the last couple weeks and get some get some free pressure on flacco again the more pressure you're gonna have you, you could potentially have flacco turning the ball over and and again i think that's going to mean that you're going to need to see alex collins and some success there um in order to keep it you know to keep this game from being one-sided one way or the other yeah i i you know, it looks like Pittsburgh's just kind of picking up steam primarily on offense, which is, is scary considering how much talent they have. And I wonder, given how Baltimore's defense has played over the last few weeks, uh, you know, if, if they can kind of contain everybody. I mean, we're, we're seeing just miscommunication. We're seeing confusion on, on Baltimore's defense. Uh, and obviously that's not happening for Pittsburgh right now. They're kind of playing at their peak. But, yeah, I think a lot no, it's really like we flipped. Yeah, exactly. We, we definitely, when we crossed paths halfway into this first half or at the quarter mark, everything just kind of changed. Like it was a freaky Friday situation all of a sudden. Uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating, but. Oh, I like that. Cause you know, you know, Chris Boswell, our kicker was having some problems earlier <laughs> in the year and he, he gave that to Justin Tucker. I like that. I like that. I could just use for one more as a Steeler fan who has watched in person many times. Justin Tucker make ridiculous kick after ridiculous kick in Heinz Field, which is supposed to be the hardest place to kick in the National Football League. And yet, for Justin Tucker, it's like his home stadium. I mean, he can make it. I want to see Justin Tucker kick one from 65 in Heinz Field because he probably makes it. I just want to see one more miss. And that's all I want. In, in my, and it doesn't have to be in this game. Just in my lifetime, I just want to see him miss one more. I, I know you guys didn't like it, but as a Steeler fan, that kind of wide-eyed, like did that did that just happen? That kind of meme that went online of Justin oh, Tucker yeah. wide-eyed missing the kick. That if you would have taken a picture of me watching the TV after he missed, it would have been, that would have been the same face. I could not believe what I, what I was watching. It was an incredible moment. Yeah, I mean, I think literally everyone went, all right, so cool. How are they going to go ahead and do an overtime? You just automatically assume that kick's going up. It's fine. Yeah. He's going to make it. It's it's not even a question. And then, yeah, it, it goes wide right, and you're like, okay. Who and blocked it? it? Who the tipped way, it? 
the way that it the way that it just kind of flow it was it was started like it was going to go down the center like every Justin Tucker kick where it's just you know it's immediately you know dead center uh you could he could kick I mean if it was arena league where you know it's like halfway in it still would be good from everywhere yeah that kick was so <laughs> weird it just flew out there and for you know for it just strange um, yeah it's uh yeah it, it's funny it was a question that I had kind of brought up uh before the season had happened and you know, I got a little dismissed but uh, the Ravens put up these new corner uh, scoreboards up at the top of the stadium, completely screwed the wind in that stadium. So now it's dramatically really? different uh, for, for that, which is exactly what happened. It went up straight. A gust came through, which hits right above uh, the, the cross, uh, the, the top of the um, uprights. And it just yeah. smacked it and, and pushed it you know, 30 feet right all of a sudden. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a terribly windy game, so it, it is what it is, but uh, that's, that's what you get for trying to remake your stadium a little bit. <laughs> the, the, the weather on Sunday wouldn't happen to be windy again this week, would it? Uh, you know what? It's always windy right around here, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting well, hit it should, left it, and right. It should, it should be a fun game on Sunday between these two. It always is. And, and, you know, even though even that last game, which was more dominated by the Baltimore Ravens, that was a competitive game. In the first half, I'm expecting, I don't know about you guys, I'm expecting a very competitive game. I know these two teams are headed in, in the opposite directions, but this has the feeling of a Baltimore Ravens team back against the wall. You know, they, they have to come out of this game with a win. And for the Steelers, you know, they want to get revenge for what happened the first time. And and they can kind of leave the, the Ravens in a very poor spot at four and five. I think we're going to see the best of these two football teams. What, what are your expectations for this game as far as, a, you know, score prediction? Well, I think for me, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Their backs are up against the wall. This is that kind of testing point. They have to win this one, and they really kind of have to win against Cincinnati to stay even both in the AFC North and just the AFC playoff picture. They lose both these games, you might as well just write them off. There, there's seriously no way they're making the postseason. So they've got to come out there and put out their A game, right? I mean, you'd think that would be the case. And it's also at home where Baltimore plays infinitely better. So, I, you know, before last week, I predicted the Ravens probably win by like 10 points. This week, um, not I, they, they could win by 30. They could lose by 40. Who knows? This is such a weird team inconsistency-wise. But I'll say it comes down to a field goal, a Justin Tucker field goal, uh, just to piss you off. Ah, that would be that would <laughs> worst case scenario. We're absolute worst case scenario. <laughs> Jacob, how about you? I, I I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, uh, only five mile an hour winds on Sunday, so ah boo. Looks like we're not. <laughs> looks like we're not getting some wind guy. I don't know. We'll we'll have to follow that later on though. But um, yeah, it it should be a pretty clear game. Uh, weather in the the upper fifties, so. A uh, fairly nice game for uh, early November. It'll be so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I think. I mean, my predictions as bad as they are. Um, I, I think maybe I should just stick to betting the over under for this. But uh, I, I'm going to say that the Steelers win this game. Um, Appreciate because that. I just. I just don't know if Baltimore has not only the balance on offense but the balance on defense uh, right now. I just am not sure. Um, what to expect from from different units? Uh, just because they've been so back and forth, uh, kind of across the board. You know, Matthew mentioned the drops. There's the running game. There's the inconsistencies in in 
finishing pass rushes and getting to the quarterback. There's there's not as many turnovers. You know, now with all that said, there's also been some good things, but um, I just think it's it's going to be one of those things is is going to bite them, and I I think maybe they lose this one by four. Um, so maybe a maybe 28-24 kind of game, uh, but pl- probably plenty of big plays. Uh, I'm, I'm I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, I, I think you know. I think for, for both teams, right? I think I think Ravens fans are probably too down about their team going into this game. And I think Steeler fans are probably too high on on you know on their team going in as well, right? These are two teams right now. Yes, they're headed in different directions, but the best thing that can happen is they play each other. This is a game that's going I think it's going to have a familiar feel to it for both sides. Uh the Steelers, you know, James Conner has been terrific so far, and this offense has really flowed through him in a lot of the same ways that it flowed through Le'Veon Bell when he was at his peak. And that's what, what's been most impressive about watching Connor defensively. They've been getting better and better. And they seem like the kind of defense we expected going into the year. Yes. There are some deficiencies at linebacker specifically inside linebacker. There's, there's definitely problems in the secondary and at cornerback and some young guys uh, in at, at safety, but defensive line, the defensive line has been terrific. TJ Watt has gotten better year two. Bud Dupree has been good. The problem I have with the Steeler defense, I, I still am just not ready to believe it's better, but it's not a good defense yet. And when you're going up against Joe Flacco and this this Ravens offense, I've seen Joe Flacco pick apart a Steeler defense with far worse talent than they have today. The second half of the of the the Ravens game the first time around was when this Steeler defense started to look better, right? I mean, again, the Ravens were still going on 11, 12 play drives and and, and going right down the field, but they were holding them to field goals, which I guess is better. Um, but I, I just I don't imagine that this team is going to shut down Joe Flacco in any way. I imagine Flacco is going to have some success against this Steeler defense. Um, and 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 I think on the other side, while I love what James Conner has done so far, and I think I and, uh, and many other Steeler fans are are cheering for Conner to not just be you know the the replacement for Le'Veon Bell, which is what he's been so far, but to be the long term starting running back in Pittsburgh, which is what he's shown to be the last three weeks. But going into Baltimore and running against a Baltimore defense that is a that is a tall task and and you saw Connor struggle in this game a couple or a, a month ago i think this is going to be a close football game i i think it is it is really going to be decided you know we talked last time about this could be decided by one play and then end up just being you know the ravens kind of rolling them in the second half i think this one is going to be much closer this one is going to be decided by one play and it it could be the kind of game of whoever just has the ball last is likely to win it, do i trust the steeler defense to go out there and stop Joe Flacco if this game is tied in the fourth quarter, if this team, if the Steelers are up by two or if they're up by four, I don't. But I think on, on conversely, if Ben Roethlisberger and this offense has the football last and they're down four, they're down two or whatever, when they need to drive down, I, I, I do expect them to make that play. And so this is going to be a toss-up for me. I, I'm going to say the Steelers win because I'm a homer, uh, but it would not shock me in any way if the Baltimore Ravens come out of this game with wins. I'm going to say Steelers 27, Ravens 24, but – uh, I think this is going to be a very, very close football game. Yeah, one of the best uh, rivalries still in football. So uh, enjoy it because we don't get it in December this year. So um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's too it, bad. it'll be a good one. Yeah, you know, cold weather Steeler Ravens, that's what feels right. Uh, and so hopefully the NFL gods can, the football gods can make up to it, make up uh, this one by having these two teams play maybe in the wild card round of the playoffs or something like that. A, a cold weather Steelers Ravens game is what the NFL deserves. And it's a shame that we're not getting it this season. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. But yeah. I, you know, like, I, like you said, very good chance that uh, 
these two teams could meet down the road and we've seen it before. So it'd be, it'd be a good treat. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, let, let everyone know where they can find your work on the internet. Uh, you can go ahead so, and catch me at Matthew S underscore NFL. And uh, you can find myself at Trox three and, and both of us at locked on Ravens on Twitter. Yeah. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the locked on Ravens podcast. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google podcast, search locked on Ravens, hit the subscribe button. And for, for me, uh, you can find me at Steeler Country on Twitter. You can like the Facebook page, uh, Locked On Steelers on Facebook, and search Locked On Steelers on iTunes, Stitcher, all your podcast uh, places. Hit that subscribe button to get your daily list. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for more uh, Locked On Steelers and Locked On Ravens.